Hello and welcome back to the Bell Witch Podcast with me, Swales of Friendly Green Witch and Jodie of Mother Serpentine Tarot. This is the final instalment of the Triple Goddess series, The Crone. We discuss what it may be like to become the crone, those we know from the past and present in crone status and how society perceives them. We speak about our fears of ageing, crone imagery in divination tools and bizarrely what I discovered in my mum's private collection after her death. This week's tip is how to make a simple yarn mandala and the usual shout outs to end with. So here we go, sit back, relax and enjoy. Jodie has anyway, got a go new on. member of the family and it's the right little sweet little doggy, witch's dog. Yeah. Is it a girl? It's a girl, yeah. She was rehomed. Um, so she came from a family where they'd essentially they already had a few dogs and then one of their dogs passed away and they got this dog that we've got now as a replacement dog. They named her Daisy. They then began taking on more and more dogs that were in like bad condition, dogs that needed rescuing. And because Daisy was, they were, I think they just sort of woke up one day and they were like, fuck, how many dogs have we got off? <laughs> Easy done. <laughs> and I think because a lot of the other dogs had come from like bad situations and, you know, they were really, really calm. Daisy, as they called her, is going to have to, you know, she's the only one that, that anyone will. She's very really quiet. Home. She's asleep. asleep at the moment. Yeah, she's just Aww. asleep behind me. Tucked witch- under the radiator. A witch's yeah. dog. But the guy who was rehoming her, he actually um, is training as a dog trainer. So she's she's only seven months old, but she's really, really well trained. And I want to train her as a therapy dog. So obviously I've always struggled with my mental health, as does Eartha. My youngest daughter, Winter, has developmental delays from a difficult birth. So what I'm going to do is I want to train her as like a proper therapy dog. So she's no. going for some training starting on Monday just to sort of, you know, make sure she's nice and obedient and well-mannered. I'd said, actually, oh, I want to train her to do circus tricks. And I think everyone looked at me like I had about four heads, but it turns out there's actually like a circus training group near mine for dogs. So interestingly, we were going to call it, we were going to call it Asmodeus. Um, but it's really, really long and it can be shortened in a lot of ways. So we thought it'd get confusing. And she was already called, so I'd said, oh, we could call her Dizzy for short. And then when she turned up, they were like, oh, yeah, we call her Daisy. Aww. So so she goes by Dizzy now. Dizzy? Yeah. Which yeah. So dog? she's got an Instagram. She's got an Instagram <laughs> if anyone wants to follow. She's. Wait, did you get her today? You've always got right big stuff happening to you. <laughs> but I've wanted one for years now. And um, it's just never felt right. But I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm in a really, really stable place in life. And doing doing my craft full time means a lot of my bookings are in like pubs and markets and, you know, places where Dizzy can come with us. So it's like, you know, when I do my classes, they're in the high farm or well, the high farm's dog friendly. So there's no reason that she can't be there. She just needs that we just need to make sure that she's got the obedience levels. But I don't think that'll be a problem. I wish you could see her now. She's only a little, um, isn't she? What is she? Um, so she's meant to be a cockapoo, but she's Merle. She's like a chocolate Merle, and chocolate Merles don't exist. They don't exist in poodles or cockers or spaniels, naturally. Um, I wasn't actually looking for a cockapoo. I was just looking for any dog that fit my sort of very strict criteria when I'm 
picking animals, I always think like I play it like top trumps. Do you know, I'm like thinking like how easy are they going to be, how calm, how adaptable, are they going to suit flat life, are they going to be, you know, good with babies, are they going to be energetic Aww. so that we can play with them, so <laughs> Dizzy Dot Dogger, <laughs> yeah, amazing, yeah, but she's perfect, yeah, Aww, I'm very happy, I've wanted one for so long and it's, it's, it's really like taking a big, a big jump, you know, but I, I just thought I've got the time in my life now. And it felt felt like the right time. So, congratulations mm. on your new family member. Yeah, That's yeah, she's cool. a good girl. Why don't you tell them about your family members while we're here? Your little pets, your little zoo. Got two gerbils, Ginger and Biscuit, the smelly dragon Dave, a load of fish in a tiny little fifteen liter fish tank that looks a bit like a crystal ball, which I love. Two snakes, Pebbles, who's a ball python, corn snake. That we call just snaky. I think she was called Heidi once and then she was called Bob or something. And then <laughs> so we just stick with snaky. And then a load of stick insects, which you give me <laughs> like two or three years ago, and yeah. I've still got them because they just never ever stop eating yeah. eggs. Yeah. You, you, you get rid of them and then you find another. Just got a new batch of babies this past month, but they're escaping because they're small mm-hmm. enough, you know, to get out. So I'm like, all my mm-hmm. house plants are half eaten. You can see little little munch marks where they've escaped. We should do like a little impromptu competition. We should get people to tag us in their pet pics. You know, tag us as on our Instagram, which is the underscore bell underscore which underscore podcast. And then whoever tags us in the in the best pet pic, that would we could awesome. win a prize. I've got some decks. I could I could I could post the deck out, and I don't know what you've got. In your shop, we could little cheeky pet giveaway. Maybe like a salt candle, you know, him, Himalayan. Oh, that'd candle. be amazing! I've got a massive stock of them. Oh yes, I could give, yeah. could give one of them to the most. Let's do it. What's the criteria? They just have to tag us within the next. I'd say leave it a month. I'd say if they tag us before a month, do the winner on summer solstice or something, because it gives people. I know there are people who are. Sort of listening through all the episodes in order, so I'd hate for anyone to miss out. Yeah, so I reckon on summer solstice we'll just we'll draw, yeah, and then we'll send something out. <laughs> yeah, you just have to tag us as at the underscore bell underscore witch underscore project. I love pets. I wouldn't be without them. They make me so happy. How's your witchy week been? It's not it's not been very witchy, but it's been quite magical because um, it's been the Easter holidays. So I took my kids down south and, and took them to London for a day, went to that rainforest cafe, which was magical in different ways. And then Legoland, yeah. oh my God, amazing. <laughs> um, we were, because my sister-in-law was determined to get there early. We were the first to get on the dragon ride. Apparently they are, it's like hours queuing time. So we got there really early. We didn't yeah. get the rides at the beginning, which were brilliant. And then just looked around and played and all the swings and that. So my kids have had a brilliant Easter holiday, but I've done yeah. nothing for myself. I've, I've got round to nothing, which I meant to take a pack of tarot down with me down south and I forgot. So, But I do uh, take a little altar. I've got a little travel like altar. Like a pocket that, altar. Yeah, in, in a little tin. Um, and I take that with me. And half the time I don't even get round to putting it out, but it's enough Aww. that I've got it. I've got it with me. I've just been kind of pootling around with the kids. I've not been, I've, I took off most of my work bookings this week because I just wanted to enjoy being with the kids. So we've been doing like days out and things and 
things about eggs. Have you been hiding eggs and eating eggs? I found out today that apparently in America they don't have chocolate eggs. They have like plastic eggs filled with lollies. What? And they find it really confusing that that, that we have chocolate eggs. So there's missing a little out. fun fact for you. Missing out yeah. there they are. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Um, the eggs represent fertility, don't they? So it's like in a pig and slag yeah. we're celebrating. Fertility. Well, so I do agree with eggs representing fertility and being a pagan thing but this is a rant that I've I've had on Facebook before people often link Easter and Ostara Ostara is not a thing so it was basically um the vernal equinox which obviously was celebrated by pagans was renamed in the 70s so if you hear people say you know Ostara is like the ancient name I'm aware that Jodie gets really annoyed about this, so I don't call it Ostara around. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to not call it Ostara around me. It's just um, it's one of those where it was named in the 70s by a guy called Aidan Kelly, who who famously doxed loads of pagans, which a bit naff. Like he gave their names and locations during a time when it wasn't acceptable to be pagan, and essentially ousted them so people will sometimes say oh but he named it after a goddess Eosta. Eosta was never a goddess Eosta was a fictional goddess in a book by the Grimm's brothers that's like I don't know if you've tried to think of a movie with a goddess in it at the moment can't think of any Tefiti from Moana I don't know if they are based on an actual goddess though I think they, they are. probably are right they probably are I also Pretty- found out that Jesus was not seen as being the son of God until like 300 years ago. I can believe that. just insane, isn't it? I always think as well, like Jesus would have been doing Reiki and healing people. Yeah. And at the time it were like, ah! (laughs) Yeah. Do you know Jesus had like brothers and sisters and stuff? I think I do, yeah. I didn't know that because like you always get told, don't you? Like, oh, Mary, she's barren. And like in the nativity, they're like, oh, this barren woman. And (laughs) she never was. But... Being barren does lead us into our topic for this podcast. Oh, good link. Because in the previous podcasts, we've spoke about the maiden, mother and crone archetype. This is known as the triple goddess to many people. And we've chosen to explore this phenomenon largely because even though it can be a bit sketch on some levels, it can lack inclusivity. It's quite a modern concept. It's quite a misunderstood concept and doesn't fit with most women you know many of us won't live till old age many of us don't have children don't you know don't enter the mother phase and the maiden phase isn't always innocent and whimsical for people however the faces of the triple goddess tend to represent with all of us after menopause we enter what's called the crone phase if we're lucky to live long enough the crone is the archetypal wise woman and she represents the latter phases of life which is where women find the wisdom and they've come to terms with the shadow self we often see her as being old aged and she might be presented as a wise sage but she's often also presented as a a hag one of the most mystical and also feared in the maiden mother crone archetype and i think the reason being that she's in the waning phase of her life she's a symbol of the wintering of your life She's reached her old age and carries all the wisdom from her younger years and all her life lessons. In the tarot, 
she's the high priestess and she's fiercely independent and a font of knowledge and the high priestess is one of the most revered cards in the deck I think to many witches especially however in the modern world I feel like we don't treat our crones as well as we should so obviously with the previous episodes we were able to speak about our journey sort of meandering through those phases and how that might look but with this one we've we've not arrived there yet so we are speculating and drawing upon our observations and yeah talking about our fears for that phase in life and all sorts today i quite like the idea of the crowd being like you've got to a certain age and you're just sick of people's bullshit and you don't stand for it anymore (laughs) and i like that it really appeals to me when i was younger i used to have a lot of friends that were becoming crones and they were all just like, fuck the world, I am me, and my hair grew long and grey, and I want to do what I want, and they yeah. get tattoos and pierced at 55, and, and I were there for it, it was amazing. See, I do think that's amazing, but I also think that when you enter the crone phase, phase, you have two things going on. One is this accumulation of wisdom, and knowing your own mind, knowing your psyche, having an uncanny intuition for other people because you've encountered so many throughout your life and those are all you know the sort of high priestess aspects but then when you talk about when you think of the real world older people are some of the most vulnerable in society isolated so I feel like the high priestess is seen as being this sort of fiercely independent person who sort of thrives on being alone but many people reach old age and find themselves they they actually call it social death that's find themselves unable to get out unable to you know it's like it's like as you get old everyone in your life slowly dies like you know you watch the people older than you in your family die off and then your friends start dying off yeah it's uh, it's funny you should say that because I went to see my mother-in-law over the the Easter holiday and she was sorting out a house so she was letting me go through all this jewelry that was her mother's and I said why are you doing this why are you emptying your house you're not going to move are you and she said, no, just recently a lot of my friends have started to die and their children are doing the house out and I don't want to make it hard for like you and your family and my daughter's family. I was a bit like, whoa, you're all right, you're dead healthy. That's like a Swedish yeah. thing, isn't it? They actually call yeah. it like Swedish death cleaning and it's the idea that you go around your house and you clean everything so that your family yeah, no, <laughs> don't I mean, have I, when you die. I do get it. It's actually a really kind thing to do because it is such a ball ache doing it I mean my all my family snuffed it and it was massive challenge to go through a whole entire contents of a house that also holds previous generations please tell the story please tell the story of I'm sorry for the sidebar (laughs) of when your mum passed away and the things that you had to clear out because that always (laughs) makes me laugh my mother was, um, <laughs> she was quite, she was young though, she was no way a crone, she was, she was only 39 when she died, bless her. No. Um, we knew it was coming, she was ill for a long time, and then when she did die, I had a house full of stuff I'd to clean out. Nobody really talks to you about, when somebody dies, they've got secret stuff, haven't they? That they don't tell people about, you know, like dildos and strippers on the VHS and porn and... <laughs> So I'm going through the drawers and that and finding these big ass dildos that are just like, what do you do with this? Do you, you obviously bin it, but then it's 
going i mean i know i'm I'm like a landfill i'm like i don't really want to put this in the landfill but i can't keep it because that's just weird (laughs) it was just bizarre and it it made me laugh even though at the time it was sad but i can imagine her just pissing herself (laughs) whenever she is watching me going through with drawers and a sexy underwear and going like what do i do with this (laughs) what did you do with it um, I think I've been most of it, if I'm honest, which is sad. But you can't really give dildos away, can you? It depends who your friends are, don't it? And I think it's like if you know whose it is. Like if you came to me and you were like, "Do you want my dead mum's?" <laughs> I'd probably, I'd probably be a bit more perturbed than if you were like, "Look, I tried this, and it was just, it was just too, but there was just too much going on with it." Would you like it? It's been used once. Dip it in a bit of Milton and it'll be right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bloody hell. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was only 19 at the time, so I wasn't half as clued up as what I am now. Didn't know how much they cost. <laughs> I know, I know. Tell me about it. But I ended up doing a bit of stand-up just before I met you, actually, you know, when I won the bar tab. That's how we met, isn't um, it? Yeah, it is, yes. I was doing um, a really cool event called... I think it was cocktails and fucktails and it were like a non-binary run event it was so good it was like an open mic for sexy time <laughs> mm-hmm. i used to go up on stage and talk about people dying and leaving sexy stuff behind <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's how you won the bar tab which you gave to me which is how we yes. met yes yeah that's yeah that's the story yeah did you sneak your spiel in there i did yes i snuck it into my oh well, yeah, yeah, and I thought I thought this one. I think rather than sort of take, it's normally we sort of take it in turns and each talk about our personal experience. But I feel like this time, more of like just a chat would probably. Well, there's not much we can be uh, beneficial. I've pulled out a load of cards with crones on them, um, and I'll have to show you this one. It's really nice. Can you see it? She's my favorite. She's crone. beautiful. Oh my she god! Amazing. So this is. A deck called The Old Ways Magic Oracle by Naomi Cornet. And her stuff is amazing. She does such gorgeous artwork. And her oracle sells out really quick because it's just so, so pagany and foresty. And, um, and the crone on this is probably the most beautiful crone I've ever seen. It's very earthy and she's got a crown of branches and a staff of bones and runes hanging from her and skulls on a necklace. And there's a little rabbit by her side. It's all really nice blues. Because usually the crone in cards and in culture, like pop culture generally, is, is like you're saying, it, the old hag from Sleeping Beauty with the poison apple. And they're not, like, to be fair, like... They're not at all, no. It's like actually nowadays, because people are having children a lot later... A lot of people can sort of slot into the mother and crone archetypes at the same time. Yeah, that's good um, Because a lot of people are having kids in the late 30s even. And you've got to think for, for crones, it, it was kind of from middle age or from menopause that you were seen as being in the croning phase, wasn't it? Which could be like late sort of 40s, kind of mid to late 40s. Yeah. So I was going to yeah. read out think... what's in the old ways magic oracle book. So it's... Kaliak in Jor, the winter crone, goddess of the cold and the winds, queen of winter, the veiled one, bringer of storms. See the dark days and stormy nights, opportunities to face our fears. Feeling battered by adverse winds, unable to see past the storms. 
and our own fears. Wisdom in the spirit of the crone endure the harsh and stormy nights of winter and know this too shall pass. That's so, so this lovely, isn't it? it is, yeah. This deck has got three meanings, so it's welcome, warning, or wisdom. So I, I guess it's whatever you're drawn to when you do a reading. It's a really nice crone card. Yeah. I do think for me, it is the sort of social an emotional side of aging that I'm afraid of. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot even in your 30s, you know, and as, as mothers that, that we have to come to terms with in our appearance. I mean, for me, I was um, a lot better looking when I was younger. I'm sure many people were. And getting older has definitely been a bit of a learning curve for me in that regard. And it's something that I anticipate, you know, you can't, you go through like second puberty, don't you? Nobody tells you about that. Like, you know, when you get to like, sort of your late 20s like all of a sudden everything kind of drops a little bit like like I remember being like 23 and then being like 26 and looking at 23 year olds and thinking oh my god like my boobs are like an inch lower I've got crow's feet I've got white hairs I gained a load of weight like um with you know like hormone changes and things like that like my metabolism slowed down again so like it, it sort of changed a lot about my appearance and sense of self but it is the emotional side that I'm most afraid of. Yeah, I don't mind getting older. I like, I quite like my crow's feet. It, I mean, it was a bit later for me, sort of early thirties. I put a lot of that down to having children, <laughs> but I always have to be grateful that I'm still alive and kicking, and that I'm, it's like a privilege to age just because my mum died yeah. and she was thirty nine. Yeah. And when I get thirty nine, I'll, I'll probably have a right wobble midlife crisis. But I've never been too bothered about getting old. I'm, I'm happy to do it. For me, I think I think a lot of people grieve their bodies, not even just how they look, but how they feel and how they move. You know, I was speaking with a lady who's in her crone phase of life and she was always fit as a fiddle um, and she has a lot of family and stuff. So she's quite socially active and she said she used to always look at people who were like older, who'd been it sort of ended up just shutting the house for like months on end and not really washed and needing carers and things like that and she used to always say I'll never end up like that I'll never end up just stuck in my house I'll never stop having a life and she used to like climb mountains and do loads and loads of nature stuff and was living her best life really and was quite fit even sort of you know in her late 50s and then her hip went and she needed to have a hip replacement or was it a knee replacement it was one or the other it has affected her ability to get out and all of a sudden for her she's really really grieving her mobility and the things that she used to be able to do that she can no longer do nowadays that's one thing I've already kind of been through that because I have chronic illness so I kind of I kind of resonate with that but I remember watching my mobility go down when like I should have been getting stronger and fitter and I remember how hard that was and sort of coming to terms with what I could and couldn't do sort of aware that that'll hit even harder in old age and also just the thought of losing people yeah it's probably that's the worst bit for me I think I'm already getting up and going like oh my knees oh <laughs> this is Jodie's daughter Eartha <laughs> oh she can't hear me because I've got earphones but... <laughs> go on get to bed you <laughs> oh monkey yeah, bright red hair. She's going through the hair dye phase. Looks fab. They don't want like long hair anymore. Like when they're like sort of five or six, you can braid the hair 
and it's really convenient and you can keep lice away or you can put it in like little buns or what have you and like tight hairstyles and they like that but then they get to like nine and like that's too babyish i want a pixie cut but you can't braid it what were you saying for yeah, no. so it's, it's not even the hurting and things, it's the idea of, so because we're both quite active and we go out so much and we're both very sociable, we have we have a lot of friends and we explore a, a load of different environments every week. The idea of only being able to do like one or two things, to me, just seems deeply depressing and also the idea that, that the people that I love will eventually leave my life I still have my grandma in my life so my kids have have their great gran and yeah I, I dread the day I lose her absolutely dread it yeah yeah with age and it's just um it's one of those where the things that people talk about fearing are things like how you look but then the actual stuff is the facts that that you're likely to be sort of isolated and not able to take part in the things that you used to take part in bit shit really in it it's so negative isn't it people don't talk enough about aging and like there are actually like really really scary parts of childhood and giving but i mean childhood is treacherous for kids nowadays like their anxiety levels are through the roof like child's mental health is like an absolute lure you know across the board you know motherhood you know it brings like birth with it which is obviously something that a lot of people you know find a difficult a difficult experience um a very powerful experience but for most people quite difficult nonetheless so there is a lot to be feared in all the phases there to sort of teach us different things in life in it which is a bit of a cliche but it's a chat it's definitely a challenge every aspect yeah but i do think people don't talk enough about older people and don't respect their wisdom enough as well it's like you know like we all have an older person in our life who goes on a bit like I know what will happen if you do that I know this I know that and you think you don't know anything we're in a different world so when you were little like the world's changed since then Marion I've always been brought up to respect my elders but I think that's because of the way I was brought up my nan brought me up until I was 11 when she died and and she was a really old nan she was 70 odd when I was little and she was just so amazing for her age you know she she would brought me up right and she would tell him like women can love women and men can love men and it's up to them and I, I'd say like is there a god is the Jesus you make your own mind up yeah. some people believe some people don't and looking back now it, that's that's absolutely amazing for her age she was she was such an awesome crone and I'll always have her sort of in me a little bit, personality-wise. She brought me up yeah. to do things that were really old-fashioned. We had, we, st- we had a coal fire, so I used to make coal fires for her. And I were only five or six. I mean, I were really young, because I was a young carer. I didn't know yeah. at the time. I used to take the toilet and wash her down and cook. She were lovely women. Yeah. I always acted respectful to older people but I don't think I had that respect that level of respect for them until I um, studied social work and I began volunteering at um, at a hospice so when I was 16 I went and cared for my granddad uh, or my great-granddad actually while he was dying and he was just hilarious so I went and volunteered at the hospice that he'd died in in bereavement support so supporting families who'd lost people in the hospice and a lot of them were like really just really really lonely you know really anxious missing the partners a lot my god they were hilarious as well and they taught me so much they taught me how to play cribbage and bridge and stuff like that and so yeah, yeah it's the same thing I had it from young childhood 
But it was also that is sort of when that fear of the grief and everything else sort of set in a little bit more. Yeah, I, I did my uh, work experience at a nursing home in 2002 when I was 16. And while I were there, there were a, an old lady that reminded me of me now and I took a right shine to her. I used to bring her biscuits in and stuff. And then she died while I was working there. And it absolutely oh. broke my heart. And th- that made me go, okay, this isn't the job for me. I just couldn't do it because I'd get so yeah, like emotionally invested. So I feel like we've kind of spoken at length about the crone. Shall we talk about a tip for the week? Yeah, have you got one? <laughs> no. I've not, but I can pluck one out my ass if you need. <laughs> um, well, I, what would you call this? Mandala. I call it a yarn mandala. Because yeah. I, I thought it was like an eye, a woven eye. Or, or a, a dream catcher. Yeah. Of, woven dream catcher. So what it is, it's four sticks crossed. Get a bit of yarn and you wrap the middle up so it stays in a cross. And then you'd get another colour and wrap it round one stick and then pull it tight to the next one. And wrap it round that and then pull it tight to the next one. Wrap it on that and carry on going round and round and round. Making sure the twine is tight next to each other. Then you end up with kind of like a diamond shape, and it's it can be really beautiful because you can change the twines, so it makes a pattern. So the one I've made here, it looks a bit like an eye. In the middle, there's yellow, and then there's red, and then the outside, which is like the big piece of eye, is dark green, and then the outside is like a garden twine. But it just looks really lovely. I mean, it's a bit slack now; it goes slack with time as the wood bends so you could even use chopsticks i mean i've used wood off a branch i think that depends on the type of wood because i've got some that i made even when i I used to make them when i worked in the steiner and my ones that i've got at home haven't bent so i think it probably depends Uh, on what kind of tree you use or the thickness of the branches uh, uh, this might be off my apple tree maybe they're quite fine branches aren't they yeah i've had it a long time i've had it two or three years but it's also quite a nice thing to do with it because it's therapeutic that's it for me yeah it's that therapeutic crafting and you can use yeah. as many sticks as you want can't you i know people do complicated ones with like eight sticks and so it becomes more of a yeah. spider web shape yeah. i mean i like the four sticks because it resembles an eye yeah if you hold it on its side it's like a diamond shaped eye and you could even make it in the same colors as uh, the evil eye you know from is it greek i was thinking um the turkish one there we go the turkish, turkish evil eye. It, yeah but yeah there's the yeah. possibilities are endless it they could look so detailed. i think it'd be good to do them to correspond with particular spells as well like if you found a wood that corresponded say with wealth you know then you might you might choose a wood that corresponds with bringing in wealth and then you could use colors that correspond with that and make it into its own little spell as you went for the crone i guess you'd choose like whites and purples i was going to attempt to make one for this podcast episode but it's been such a busy week (laughs) with (laughs) the holidays with easter holidays so as this life portrays with kids and witching it some stuff just don't happen and that's yeah, okay life in it yeah they're called yarn mandalas and they haven't they actually have books where people can do like really complicated patterns with them oh that's cool oh yeah yeah oh wow yeah so the, it's called yarn mandalas in there so in terms of shout outs for this month 
I'd like to talk about um, a Leeds-based event, which is coming up on the 6th of May, which is called the Half Moon Market. It's held at a well-known club in Leeds called the Key Club, which is sadly not accessible for people with mobility issues because there's stairs to navigate. So, you know, if you can't do stairs, then unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like a basement bar, like a nightclub. Yeah, it's um, it's an alternative market that's set up by the lady who created Leeds Indie Markets. I'll be reading tarot there, but there's a lot of other stallholders who who I know from the market scene who are just absolutely phenomenal. So I'd recommend going. Is it a day thing? Yeah, so it's a day thing. Let me just find the link. Um, I'm really, really dreadful. I just put things in my calendar and then forget they exist. <laughs> Um, so. What's annoying about that date is it's the King's coronation, the 6th of May. Right. So I'll be down in London, yeah. stewarding. Yeah, Yeah. on the sa- on the Saturday. Right. I, I don't know, because I'm booked onto a coronation event on the Monday as well. 12 will fall yeah. on the 6th of May in Leeds. Yeah. At the Key Club. Yeah. So I guess if, yeah, so I guess there'll be other coronation events on as well, which is good as well, isn't it? Um, I might just shout out the oracle person again the old ways magic oracle by naomi cornock and her website is n-o-m-e-a-r-t.com cool decks and stuff on there you can buy it's a pagan living in the west country of england it's all really lovely stuff so yeah check her out her work is absolutely beautiful and it's definitely my favorite deck yeah. i use it all the time but oh i'm sad i'm gonna miss you mark Sounds really good. good. Well, there's plenty more in the pipelines. So. I mean, there's, there's just so many markets and I feel like I'm just so busy. You're always busy. at the moment. It's it's like the season for it, isn't it? Summer. And then, of yeah. course, our spooky night on Saturday. We have, yes. Yeah, I'm nervous now. I am um, as well. And <laughs> it is also Beltane at Thornborough at the end of the month. So we oh. are going to our first camp of the year, aren't we? You're coming out here, you've got tickets. You've I changed your coming. mind, haven't you? I haven't. No, no, I'm coming. I'm oh. going to be sleeping in the car, but I am coming. Are you <laughs> sleeping in the car? Because I'm only doing one night. There's no, no point setting a blooming You can sleep in our tent with us. Not with dog. Sitting with us. <laughs> no way. I'll be all Why right. Should... No, no, you've got a little baby and stuff. I'll be all right in the car. I'll make it all cosy and... Yeah, I might, I might be a late night anyway, because I'll be on mead without fire. Yeah. So. But yeah. my daughter's going on a brownie trip that weekend, so I can only do one night, which is fine, you know. And you've got to make a sacrifices when you've got children, isn't it? Yeah, it's way more important, isn't it? Because we'll have the rest of our we'll have our crone years for the witching and yeah, and Beltane is every year yeah. the right thing to do. But at least I am going there. At least I'm going to do a night. Yeah. So if anybody's going to. Thornbridge at Beltane. They hi. Look out for us. Yeah, yeah. And I'll have Rainbow Tent. You know where all the stallholders are, and I'll be doing a workshop on bone reading, which will be entirely free. So come and join Jody's us. Jodie's so easy to spot in this amazing circus bell tent. And she'll have yeah. a little. She'll have a little dog, and she's got a bald head. So you will know her. Yes, <laughs> you will. Yes. I won't be as as easy to spot, but I'll be floating around. You're definitely easier to spot than I am. <laughs> I don't know. Swales will be probably dressed like like someone who wants to give you a quest. 
Yeah. That, didn't we in the first in the pilot episode was it we were saying some pagans go to these camps and the dress like they want to give you a quest or sell you a potion that's that's swales like so if you see somebody that you want to send you on a quest and they have I'll... a funky fringe and a lot of piercings yeah i've got lots of piercings and i'll have a very big hat i'll take maybe a pointy hat so i'm easy to spot you'd hope clothes. but you never know with the people there do you it's like no, sometimes no. you're like oh my god i did not dress up for this this year <laughs> yeah everybody will be wearing a big pointy yeah. hat i don't know if you've noticed as well there's a bit of an easter egg here the first episode was zero like the fool mm-hmm. and then one two and three was mother maiden crone <laughs> did anybody notice that <laughs> Could nod to tarot that was like zero yeah. one two three rather than one two three. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just thinking because Crone, the high priest, is she, what, what she's card two. Yeah, so that did quite well. Two Empress's card three, but we've got to card zero, haven't we? Which is our pilot episode. Z- um, Zero's new beginnings, so that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make it work. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the next episode um, will be what we're we gonna do. We were gonna do. The elements are god and goddess, weren't we? Do you want to do elements first? Yeah, maybe we could yeah, do water. Yeah, it's probably good because because you'll you'll all hate my um, my rap. No, if we're gonna do elements, we have to do them in order. Okay, what's the first one? So it would be ones. It'd be ones. Uh, cup, ones, cups, swords, pence. So it would be fire, water, air, earth. Which is nice because then the last one can ground us all for a bit before you hear me ranting about the god and goddess. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's starting. So the next one yeah. will be fire, yeah? The next one will be fire, yeah. Which will coincide with, belt. like most of you will have hopefully oh. listened to it by Belton. So that's nice, isn't it? Fire festival um, for you right there. I mean, most of most of the pagan festivals are not disappointingly about either sex or fire. <laughs> Why do you think I'm a pagan? <laughs> sex and fire? That's, yeah, yeah. So it's like, ooh, fire festival, ooh, and the next, ooh, another fire yeah. festival, like eight times a year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. great. As always, I want to say thank you for giving us a chance and listening to our new podcast, all about witching with children in the 21st century. It's a pleasure to talk to you and to bring topics from a different perspective of two northern witches. Um, if you like what you hear, please let us know. Feel free to message us on social media anytime. And if you could review our episodes on Spotify and other podcast distributors, that would be so much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time. <laughs>